Hello and welcome to the I'm Walking Here podcast. Come and listen to some idiots talk about sports and give their takes for a while. Welcome to another episode of I'm Walking Here. I'm your resident Massol Ian Cusick, joined by my good friend, as always, the New Yorker, Bryce Olds. Bryce, how you doing today? I'm glad the uh, original intro is uh, is back. It's, it's been a while. You've been switching it up on me, but brought back the, the traditional this time. I didn't so. really have anything creative to go with this time, so I kind of just had to go with the original, but... Yeah, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. So how are you doing today? I'm all right. Um, maybe. You never really know in this era. Wow, that, that kind of took a turn. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're in the week of the year where we'd usually be talking about the Pro Bowl. Just kidding, we don't talk about the Pro Bowl here. It doesn't exist, actually. Funny enough. The Pro Bowl, it, it actually has never existed. It's, it's the Mandela effect. Everyone swears the Pro Bowl existed, but it actually, it just didn't. Uh, I, 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 you know, people are like, show me highlights from the Pro Bowl, and I'm like, I can't, because it's never happened. Sean Taylor killing the punter? Never happened. Nope. Just, not I once. do not know what you're talking about. That must have happened in a real game. Well, just because the Pro Bowl doesn't exist doesn't mean we don't have some conference championship games to talk about. And both these games were actually really good. Well, not really both. good, but I, it, Bill's Chiefs was a little questionable. But Buccaneers-Packers, this was a really good game. Well, I think we're going to spend the majority of time on Bucks-Packs. Why don't we do Chiefs-Bills first? All right, I guess we can get that out of the way. Um, that was a very rough performance from the Bills. Well, I mean... The truth is, I, this was, I, I think people kind of forgot. People were like, oh, the Chiefs, quote unquote, look human. The Bills could beat them. That was never, that was just never the case. Uh, did they look human? Maybe, but this Chiefs team was not losing to any of these AFC teams. They never were. Um, and they did get lucky. Uh, not losing to the Browns with Henny, but yeah, Pat came back full strength, absolutely dominated the field as he always does. Uh, I mean, there's not much more to say about that. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much covered everything we needed to really talk about. I mean, we both picked the Chiefs to win this game. Um, I did say that there was a chance the Bills could win that because I think the Bills were best suited to match up against the Chiefs. But, if um, that's <clears throat> if if that's the team that's best suited to match up against the Chiefs, don't watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna watch it still, but yeah, no, that Chiefs team is, hey man, people people were getting a little disrespectful. People were saying, you know, this team is beatable. I mean, I guess technically, yeah, every team's beatable, but <laughs> this Chiefs team is something, man. Just that offense, it's you got two of the fastest guys in the league in Hill and Hardman. You got a top two tight end in Travis Kelsey. 
Yeah, I think he the best quarterback in the league in Mahomes. I I honestly don't know. I saw this. I saw a lot of other people say this too. I don't know how you can consider Kittle on Kelsey's level. I mean, Kittle is too, but Kelsey's the clear best tight end in the NFL. It's not even a question. So, I mean, look at how he plays, man. I mean, the numbers in this AFC Championship game, Mahomes threw four. I think it was 300. It was 325. Uh, and I guess you had the bulk of that. Tyree Kill, 172. Kelsey, 118 with two touchdowns. I mean, it just, you know, doesn't get... <laughs> I, I mean, look, man. Maybe, maybe it's because Kittle doesn't have, you know, the best QB in the league. And maybe raw talent-wise, he is better than Kelsey. But I just, I don't think so. Maybe Kittle could put up that, but I don't know. The only thing, the only reason I could see Kittle possibly being a better tight end is that Kittle's a complete tight end. He yeah, can do just about anything. He's speedy. He can go down the field. He can I do a short game. A he can block. Kelsey kind of just catches passes. I mean, so I mean that's what nah. people care about when it comes to tight ends. But Kelsey can block. He, I mean, not Kittle level, but he can block. He's fine. Um, Kittle. I mean, I don't know if, like I said, I don't know if it's just because they don't have. You know, Mahomes, but I don't know if Kittle can be as offensively productive as Kelsey. And maybe this is just all recency bias, and maybe I'm completely wrong, but I think Kelsey is just far and away the best tight end in the game. I don't know. They're, they're two very different players. Um, Kelsey, though, objectively, best receiving tight end in the league. He's probably a top... 10 receiver in the league. Like, well, overall. I'm pretty sure he was number five in receiving yards, or top five yeah. in receiving yards this season. So, I mean, I don't know. That's just some uh, food for thought there. And, I mean, like, I'm the Bills, you know, I mean, good on them, I guess. You know, they, they certainly did put an effort in. They had a 9 nothing lead, uh, but they just couldn't survive with that onslaught I was going to bring. I mean, they never were, but, you know, they had a lead for a bit. Moving on to the NFC Championship game. Um, Tom Brady sort of just did the damn thing, and the Buccaneers won 31-26 against the Packers. Um, Tom Brady did not do a single damn thing. He did some things. He, he threw some fucking picks and got bailed out. Literally, only one of those interceptions was his fault. <sighs> I don't know about one of them, but I, I would say at least two of them were his fault. So let's let's talk about this then. His first interception was to shit throw to Mike Evans. That's the one I think is on him. His second one was the one down in the red zone where he hit Evans on the hands. Evans tips it up, and I think it was Jair Alexander just comes down with it. The third one is the duck, which everyone was laughing about. I don't think that one was his fault, because Fournette misses his block. Brady has a defensive end on him. So he throws up a prayer to Mike Evans that turns out to be an arm punt. 
I mean, he should be smarter to throw that, but still, though, I mean, that's a it's a tough throw to make. And listen, man, I just want. It's been a long time since Brady's won a conference championship without ref intervention. I, it's it's not fun anymore. No one's laughing. Um, I mean, did the refs have the kicking team come out when it was fourth and goal? No, that's another bad decision by the Packers, which I'll talk about. I mean, it's not all the refs. It's just the fact that they let him play for 58 minutes and then they had to make the game all about themselves at the end is I don't know why you run a game like that. That is not how you run any NFL game, especially not a conference championship. I understand what you're saying. But if you look at that call at the end of the game, like no referee is not going to call that. That was clear and blatant holding. They called it pass interference, which I think is wrong. I don't think the pass interference was the right call. I think it should have been holding. Although I don't know if the ball was out at that point, so maybe that's why they called it pass interference. I personally don't think the ball was catchable, so I don't think the pass interference call should have held up, but I think it still should have been holding. So, like, yeah. I don't think you can really call ref ball there because well, it, re- was I mean, like a, it was a call that if they didn't make, that's an egregious no call. Well, I mean, the pass interference is an egregious call in itself. Um, holding at worst. But the thing about it is, like, if they make the right call and it's holding, it's no difference from pass interference, really. Automatic first down, Buccaneers run the clock out, game over. So that's why I don't really understand why people are crying ref ball over that. Well, people are crying ref ball because for 58 minutes, that kind of shit flew. Like, Not they to really... that extent, though. That's the thing. Like, if you looked at it, Kevin King was holding his jersey. He was about a yard away, maybe two yards away, dragging the guy's jersey. I don't think you can not call that. If you don't call that, it's one of the most egregious no calls in playoff history. I mean, the ball wasn't even going to him, so I don't know about that. Egregious no call in NFL history. It, but... he, he did it right in front of a referee, though. I mean, it, it was right there. The ref saw it clearly. The penalty, it was right to call the penalty. It just wasn't the right penalty. I I just don't know about... I mean, yeah, I know it's a holding, and yeah, that should have been called. Um, we can't discuss Kevin King. Absolutely. He, he just stunk up the fucking field. I don't know why he was out there for more than two quarters. I think at halftime, he should never seen the field again. Especially because... The last play of the half was him getting burnt by Scotty Miller for like a gave up a fucking hail mary. I mean, there's so many dumb mistakes that that were made by the Packers. Um, I think the biggest one was just Kevin King even playing the whole game was a huge mistake. Um, That field goal at the end was I that's awful. That loses other coaches their jobs. Um, It's not going to lose Matt Lafleur his, but. There are coaches that if they did that, they would lose their job. Um, and I mean, the Packers, I, I mean, it has to be said, they got, th- what, two, three turnovers in a row? Was it two? two uh, I think it was three straight drives ended in interceptions, and they got six points and, out of it. And they didn't capitalize and take the lead. I mean, that is on the offense. I mean, it really is. I mean, there was a horrible defensive performance out there, yes. But... 
But if your defense capitalizes and gets I mean, managed to get yeah. three like, interceptions despite playing dreadfully, the offense needs to play better than that. Yeah, you have to capitalize on that. There's no excuse for that. You have to, you know, you like, have to capitalize on that. If if you're playing against Tom Brady and you manage to make him make mistakes, you got to capitalize on those mistakes because those are rare opportunities that if you can't capitalize capitalize on those, you're in trouble. You don't win the game. I mean, clearly. I, and to be fair, the only reason they were down was that was their defense. I mean, their defense played like shit for the entire game and then got three straight picks. That was really the entire uh, the, the entirety of what they did. I mean, three straight picks is a lot, man. You can't not capitalize. I mean, and a lot of people were bringing up, oh, why didn't Rodgers run it in on that one play? I mean, I'll be honest. He's not making that run. I mean, he gets some yards, but I don't think he makes it to the pylon. I mean, he was like, what, nine yards from the end zone that play? Something like that? He was, yeah. And I mean, he wasn't. I mean, there were two DBs on that side as well. I mean, I don't think he makes that I mean, run. He could have tried. At but... minimum, he could have scrambled for like five, six yards. And that puts you in a completely different spot. Fourth and goal from the nine and then fourth and goal from the three. Well, okay. In that situation, there's absolutely no reason to take a field goal. That was Exactly. I don't think there was much of a reason to take a field goal there either at the nine. If it's fourth and goal... You got to go for the touchdown, I think, especially in that. Spot. I mean, in that in that situation, yes, it was a eight point game, which is one possession. Correct. I don't know how you how you just bend the knee there. I just I don't understand that. I think that's the most egregious decision of the game is taking that field goal. I let's be honest here. I I know his thinking was, yeah, we're gonna kick this field goal, get the ball back, but like. Even kicking this field goal, it's not like you're getting put in a position to where you just need a field goal to tie. You still need a touchdown to, to win the game, and a field goal is not going to do anything. So I don't understand where that decision comes from. There is no logical decision that would lead me to say, let's take a field goal with like 112 left down eight. That's just egregious. That is that is horrible. I, I think mean, there was more than one twelve left because I think they had the two minute warning still. So like, in theory, yes, you could have forced a three and out and still had a timeout in the end. All right, yeah, in but, theory, yes, you could have. But you're playing the smartest player in NFL history. You were not beating him at that. He didn't even like you put Tom Brady in a position where he needed to get like two first downs, and you think he wasn't going to do it, like. And the way you're like, and the way their defense was playing had no. There is no reason, this entire game, that you should have trusted your deal. Like you look at what the defense was doing outside the three picks. There was no reason to trust your defense in that situation. You win or lose a game right there. It doesn't matter. And I think, like I said, I think a lot of coaches that gets them fired. Uh, I don't. It's obviously not going to get Matt Lafleur fired, but it was a horrible decision to take that field goal. Yeah, and it's definitely not going to get him fired because Lafleur is a really good head coach. I mean, he's probably going to be a finalist for Coach of the Year, to be honest. So, but then again, I mean, we, we've seen in the NBA, getting Coach of the Year doesn't necessarily mean your job safe. 
No, uh, we've seen it recently too. Uh, Dwayne Casey, when coach of the year, and got fired. Shout out Dwayne Casey. But this is um, this is only his second year as their head coach, and they've been pretty back successful. Back to back NFC championships. So, yeah, and a lot of I saw a lot of too after the game. People were speculating about Rogers' future. I sort of got this is just a ticking clock that this happens every single January. They go to the AFC Championship. They lose. People ask, oh, is Rodgers done in Green Bay? Um, I mean, maybe, but I'm going to doubt it. Yeah, I don't I, think he is. He does have an opt-out this offseason, so he could opt out for whatever reason. I don't know why he would necessarily because he's making a shitload of money this year, and he's on one of the best teams in the league. And he's also thirty nine. He's gonna be thirty nine next season. So like, yeah, that's another thing. Like, if he was twenty nine, thirty, maybe, maybe this would be a question. He's thirty nine. You think he wants to start over at thirty nine? I mean, he's got one he, of the best. He's in one of the best positions in the NFL right now because he's like in the twilight of his NFL career, where he still has talent, but he's still getting up there in age. He's got the experience. He's still good. He's making a boatload of money, and he's on one of the most talented teams in the league offensively. Like, you're right. And I know Tom Brady, you know, he just went, he, he you know, he decided, yeah, I'm going to start over. But, like, you look at the position the Patriots were in when he left and the position the Packers in right now. It's, it's not even day. comparable. It's not comparable. The Patriots were on a heavy downhill slope that... They're going to be the Patriots are going to be rebuilding for years. They're going to be mid to bad the next five, 10 years. The Packers. I don't know about five, 10. That seems like a little much. Hey, man, it takes a while to get out of that hole. I mean, it could be less. I don't know, but they got a lot of things to figure out about their identity. But like I was saying, the Packers, I mean, well, I mean, I guess if, if Aaron Rodgers left, the Packers probably would struggle. But, like, this team is still overall good. I know they've lost, and they really, you know, didn't play well in this game, but this team is good. This team can go to a Super Bowl. If they decide, like, if they get another wideout, which they should have. I mean, I know we were roasting the Jordan Love pick. It's crazy that they were this good without drafting. Um, I think the only player in their draft class that played in a playoff game was A.J. Dillon. Um... Which is abysmal, by the way. That's horrible drafting by the front office. I mean, granted, AJ Dillon was a solid back for him, but I mean, come on. How, I mean, how many yeah. wide receivers were available there that were like would be solid for Rodgers? I mean, they could have had really any almost any. They could have had T. Higgins, who was great for Cincinnati this year. They could have had Chenault, or could they have? I think they could have. I they believe could've. they could have. They could have had a Yuck. Um, no, they. Could've. And if had a okay, Yoke was drafted high. Wasn't he drafted late twenties after love? I thought he was drafted after love. I think wasn't a Yoke like top fifteen? No, he wasn't. I thought he. Was. Who am I thinking of them? Um, top the forty niners. No, the niners. Oh, you know what? A Yoke was the pick before love. That's what it was. Yeah, so yeah, he they wasn't. Could have had T, they could have had T Higgins. They could have had, they had Higgins, Mims, Pittman. Yeah, I mean... Could have had Chanel. Could have had KJ Hamler. Could have had Chase Claypool. I mean, Claypool... Imagine Chase Claypool in that offense. Probably would have been a tight end, but yeah. He absolutely would have been a tight end. 
Mm, I don't know. I really don't know about that. And I mean, like, look at look what Adams did with, or look what Rogers did with Adams this year. I mean, if you get him another option that's like sixty percent as good as Devontae Adams, this team is gonna. This team has no reason not to go to a Super Bowl at that point. I mean, he throwing. He he's throwing to Marcus Valdez Scantling and Alan Lazard. Like this is <laughs> he needs at least one more option. I mean Lazard and Scantling are okay, like three and four, but they're two and three. That's and that's a really big difference from being uh two and three and then three and four. Yeah, if you get a guy who's a legit number two, you have something. And Lord forbid, tight end. I don't even think I could name a tight end on Green Bay's roster. No, there's um, what's his name? Robert Tanyan. He's pretty solid. Tanyan, Tanyan's alright. Tight ends not like important. All right, they need, they need someone to go alongside Adams. That's not Lazard or Scantling. I mean, Jesus, they they throw in the fucking, what's this guy? <laughs> I forget his name. All right, I I don't know how to say his name. Rather, I know his name. Fucking Inquirmus St. Brown. Equinemius St. Brown. Like I did. I was convinced when I first heard that name that that was just I. Someone was just messing with me, saying that they picked a guy from the East West World Key and Peel skits. I honestly thought Equinemius St. Brown. Most of these guys are. Most of these guys are Key and Peel skit names, like fucking Marquez Valdez Scantling. Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard's more tame. They got a lizard playing wide receiver. It's a pretty talented <laughs> lizard, you gotta say. That, that, yeah. Fuck it. They need to sign fucking Spider-Man. Spider-Man would be a sick wideout. He'd be unstoppable. I think it was kind of a cool detail how in... Um... I believe it was Civil War when they introduced Spider-Man. Um, Peter Parker was telling Tony Stark how he couldn't play football, how like he really wanted to play football, but he couldn't because he was like afraid that his abilities would uh, expose yeah. himself like that. I thought that was a nice detail for it. But that's an interesting... Uh, the ball would probably literally stick to his hand. I mean, yeah, I think it definitely would. Like It, it would be unfair, but if, oh, if Roger's Spider-Man... Give Rogers Spider-Man. Fuck it. Batman at tight end. He'd be too busy beating up the mentally ill. Probably. Someone someone would be smoking in the parking lot and he'd have to leave mid-game and handle that. <laughs> Some fans would be moving up in their seats at the start of the fourth quarter when the stadium started to empty out, so he starts kicking their ass. Yeah, so he goes. That's that's, that's the yeah. NFL's malice in the palace, right there. Batman runs up into the stands to beat up a fan trying to get a better seat at the start of the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, that that's accurate. I don't know, man. I think we have to question though after this game. Um, you know what's what what's with Aaron now? You know what's Aaron gonna do? I think he stays. Really, I mean, I don't see much of a just, reason for him to leave. He really shouldn't leave. I mean, there's really not a good reason for him to leave. I don't think... I, the team is good. It just is a matter of, are they going to get a fucking grip or not, you know? 
The front office needs to be better. The front office cannot be drafting a full class where one person plays in the playoffs. You need, like, you need a few guys that are going to step up in the playoffs at the rookie position. You know, they're like, if you got him, um, another wideout, man. Like, if you, if you, if they were serious, they would take a wideout first round this year, and it would be his uh first first throws and touchdowns to a first round wideout. Exactly. This team would be so much different if you had a first round wideout. I mean, yeah, if they get a first round wide, I mean, I don't think he's going to be as good as Adams. Adams is, you know, a top three receiver in but the NFL. That's right the thing. Now. They don't need a wide receiver as good as Adams. They just need someone who could be a solid number two. If, if he's half as good as Adams, I think they'll be all right. Like, if he's consistently half as good as Devontae Adams, this team is going to be scary. <laughs> And they have a solid running back core. Jones and Dylan is nice. Jones and Dylan's going to work. Aaron Jones was looking like a top three back for a long time, at least this season. But fuck it. They're going to trade their first for Ezekiel Elliott, so it doesn't matter. Don't don't speak that into existence. God, that would I would literally, I just, I don't know if I'd still be breathing. Imagine, imagine if anybody trades for Zeke right now. They have to be down on the only, holy the only, levels you know, of bad. I would absolutely take Zeke if the Cowboys are trying to like salary dump or something like that. So I mean, like, like, they'd have to, they'd have yeah, to give you, some picks yeah, well, too. Well, yeah, you can give us Zeke, but we're taking your first for the next three years too. Uh, I don't know if the Z contract is bad enough for that, but it's it's pretty bad. It's it's egregious, dude. I mean, it's not even the worst contract in that division. Uh, that is Carson Wentz's contract. Yeah, I uh, I'm I might be able to get three firsts for Wentz's con with Wentz's contract. Dude, that Wentz contract it kicks in this year too, which we brought up before, which is so bad. Which means it's like four years at thirty eight million or something like that. And he cannot play football. Worse shit. Uh, I wonder which team's going to take that that salary dump this offseason. Probably the fucking Bears. That would be a very Bears move, wouldn't it? At this point, yeah, it would be. But we got to talk about another QB that... Two more QBs, actually, that are on the move. Uh, Matt Stafford's going to be leaving, and Deshaun Watson is going to be leaving. Yes, so the Lion. Let's talk about Stafford first because I think that's the more likely one to get dealt right now. Um, well, oh no, when are, Watson's leaving. Watson's yeah. trying to leave. I'm not entirely convinced yet that they're going to be able to move him. What? Oh my God! They're going to move him expeditiously. Like they're going to. If I, it would be a really stupid move to move him right now. And I'm not convinced. Hey, listen, listen. All right, we'll get to Watson. We'll do Stafford first, but we'll get to Watson. So, the Lions are trading Stafford. They're good for Stafford. Him. Yeah, good for Stafford. I hope he gets traded to a contender because, frankly, he deserves it. Uh, I think the the Forty ers are in a lot of discussion about Watson and Stafford. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of Stafford. It seems like Stafford's been the more popular one so far. Probably because he can, well, he can get he's good cheaper. production for cheaper. Yeah, he's cheaper. A lot cheaper. Well, I mean, 
Stafford is going to help somebody, but Stafford is damn good. It's end of the day. I mean, he's had so many injuries. He's got so many problems. And he's not, he's not a long-term answer at the quarterback spot for any team. So he's more of a, you know, let's see what we can do. Like, we need to make a move now kind of quarterback. So I think, like, I mean, I think I think the same teams are in the market except the Jets. I don't think the Jets want anything to do with Stafford. They shouldn't want anything to do with Stafford. He's too old. Um, but like teams like the Niners, the Bears, who kind of need a quick answer at quarterback, maybe it's not a bad idea for them. If he is traded to the Bears, I, I think I would hang it up. But I don't know, man. You know, honestly, the Bears might be good for him. Because the Bears, I mean, I think he can turn Cole Komet into something like a solid tight end. I think Cole Komet is already a solid tight end. Um, Allen Robinson, if he stays and with Stafford, that might be nice. But I think I think a lot of people overrate Stafford a little bit. I think he's so underrated, you know, he's overrated. It's It's hard to get a good beat on Stafford because he's been on some absolutely dreadful teams. So it's kind of hard to tell what he's what he can really do with an actual offense. It's like, yeah, he had years with Calvin Johnson. He's had yeah. guy, he's had Kenny Galladay, but like, oh, those teams have had. always been so dreadful that it's hard to really. Uh, it, it's really hard to get like a real gauge of what Stafford can do with like a legitimate team. I mean, he's never had um, like an amazing all around team, but he should have probably done better with Megatron. I'm not I'm not even gonna the lack of like, you know, team success in Megatron's career, I'm not gonna chart that to Stafford. I'm gonna chart that to literally everyone but Stafford. Yeah, maybe it is everyone but Stafford's fault. Probably more the front office if anything. Front office, um, coaching staff, defense, everyone else on offense, just I, I don't really feel comfortable blaming Stafford for that. Because what what else is he supposed to be able to do with that? You know, one Hall of Fame wide receiver isn't always going to be able to get it done. It'll win you games, but, you know, season success, can you really ride just one Hall of Fame wide receiver to, like, a good season? Well, yeah, they did. I mean, they made the playoffs a few times. Or was it once? Um, I can remember one right now. I think they made it a couple times. Obviously, it was just one done, but... Yeah, they never won anything. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe... I don't know who is going to take Stafford. Um, but like we said, he's he is the cheaper option, and he is an immediate, like, few-season answer. Uh, we'll see if other teams want, you know, the more long-term, expensive answer in Watson, which... Well, we can get into Watson now. I don't know who's going to trade for Stafford, but there are some teams Watson would fit on very nicely. So Watson has said he wants to either go to the Jets or the Dolphins right now. Those are like his top two. But he also said he's not going to like void any trades that they make with other teams. So I, well, He just wants to leave. I mean, that's the answer. He, he does not want to be in Houston anymore. I don't blame them. Um, the hire they just made was... Awful. I don't know why they did that. Yeah, actually, let's let's talk about that because they, the the Texans just hired a guy that 
I don't understand this hire at all. David Cully was the, like, he wasn't even the offensive coordinator. He was like, he was like a passing game coordinator or something like that. Which is crazy because, like, the Ravens were not that good passing the ball this year. You know, actually, funny story. uh, David Cully was the head coach of the Chiefs in 2014. And in that season, Chiefs receivers caused zero touchdowns. Not that's a true. Single, yes, not, was... not a single touchdown was caught by a Chiefs receiver in that. That's season. right. He, so he was the uh, wide receivers coach for that team, and somehow a team that was at, that Chiefs team in 2014 was pretty solid. They could have made a serious playoff push if they didn't blow a lead to the Chiefs that year. So that could have. Oh wait, no, that uh. That what that wasn't the right year. I'm screwing that up. But anyways, that 2014 Chiefs team that wasn't the team of of like pushovers. That was like probably like a top four team in the AFC, and they still managed to not catch a single touchdown pass that season for all their wide receivers. I always thought that I was mean, just a super impressive stat. Like I, it is a bit how impressive. Could you, like, how it's could impressive. you be that good of a team? And yet your wide receivers don't catch a ball. Like this isn't the nineteen sixties. You don't <laughs> passing the ball is an important part of the offense. I mean, I think that was Alex Smith there, right? So it was a lot of Yeah, know, Alex Smith was there. That was him. A lot of dinking and dunking down the field, because that's how Alex Smith plays. But I listen, man, I don't understand this higher. I think we can. We have gone on and on, and probably will continue to go on and on about the enemy. Um, I think that was the only hire Houston could have made that kept Watson there, and because that was the hiring, guy that Watson wanted. Yeah, but even hiring the enemy, I mean, I, mean, I, don't, I don't even know, know if that would have kept him there. Been yeah, I think he just wants out. I don't blame him. Houston has been terrible. Their front office yeah. sucks. Their no, owner I've, sucks. I've lost all sympathy for Houston. They don't deserve Watson, and he knows it. Honestly, if I'm Houston, you, you should. What they should be doing is deal Watson. You can get at least two first round picks for Deshaun Watson. If You're gonna get. I mean, if they if they trade him to Miami, um, they're probably gonna get Tua and like two first and a second. You trade um, the. If you ask, I mean, if you ask me, if I'm hitting the Jets up for Watson, you're going to have to give me Darnold and two firsts, minimum. So I was looking on Twitter one day, and one of the ESPN Boston beat writers I saw, this was like what the Patriots would have to give up in order to get Deshaun Watson. It was... Uh, the key to the franchise, the stadium, uh their connections with the refs probably the position of mayor of boston too but we can discuss that later key to the city key to the city oh that's a given pretty much every patriots quarterback it's a key to the city that's just kind of how boston works (laughs) but um i mean they said was what they say they said so they said pick 15 this year yeah um, obviously our third this year okay um, our first next season. Okay. I believe it was a fourth next season. And then our so second first our second the year after that. And then like JC Jackson. Which honestly <laughs> that's my least favorite thing to give up in that trade. 
was that's Mickey Jones. A lot. It is a lot, All but right. it's also Deshaun Watson. And then it was like else? then like two other younger guys. And then Damn. we get Deshaun Watson. And a fourth. Um not a fourth. Which, although Deshaun Watson in a fourth for all that would be an incredibly Patriots move. And somehow that fourth round draft pick turns out to be better than any of the guys that Houston takes with any of our draft picks. That would just well, be pain- it would be painfully New England. Houston, um, well, they're going to have a new front office, so they'll probably, I am, hopefully be better at drafting than the recent years. Um, I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, I think it's worth it. I mean, who knows if J.C. Jackson's going to keep repeating these seasons, you know? He looks good, but, I mean, I'd, I'd give him up for Watson and Harvey. Yeah, um, I'd probably have a hard time adding Jackson to all that already. I mean, I'd be, com- I'd, I'd be more comfortable keeping one of our first and then giving up J.C. Jackson, too. But if they're not willing to budge on that, then... I mean, we're talking about Watson, so it's going to be pricey. I don't think New England... I don't know. I don't think... I just don't see that as a fit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't see Deshaun Watson. I don't I don't really see New England, like, going after Watson. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make... It doesn't, like, click in my head. Like, Because, like, when I see the Jets, I'm like, yes, Watson would fit there. The Dolphins, absolutely. Um, but... New England, I don't see it. Bills must be pissed right now. So, I mean, like, yeah, I'd be... Well, I'm sure they're pretty happy with Josh Allen right now. I know he's not Deshaun yeah, Watson, I mean, but, like... Oh, uh, the Bills are better than all these teams. Even if they add Watson, they're still better. Like, even if any of these teams add Watson, they're still a better team. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to go to Miami, though, because... I don't really know why they should do that. I mean, they land. I mean, got Tua. Tua looks pretty solid. I know he's Tua, not Deshaun no, Watson, no. but like I, I'd give up Tua for Watson. I'm. You see, I. If it were one for one, yes, obviously. One for are, one, no chance. Watson's a. That's you gotta understand. Watson. Watson's a top three QB. I understand. In Watson league. is a top three, top five QB. So it's not going to be one for one. Him for Tua. No matter how badly he wants out, Tua. they're not going to be one for one. Tua, Tua. I'm, I'm just wondering, is it really worth that little, maybe not little extra jump, but that extra jump? Would it be worth throwing in, like, well, what would you have to add for Tua to the trade if you're the Dolphins, if you want to get to Sean? Well, Tua's, Tua's unproven. Like, he had a very up and down rookie year. Honestly, the best QB on this roster all season was Fitzpatrick. Um, and I mean the playoffs. The playoffs are on the line, and Tua stunk stunk it up. I mean, he really, you know, against a Bills team that really wasn't even trying. Um, so I don't know, man. Tua, Tua. I don't think Tua's the bargaining chip you're thinking right now. I think you're gonna have to give them two first and maybe another pick with Tua if you want Watson. Yeah, I'm just not sure how I feel about that. If I'm, I mean, if I'm Miami, expensive. I'm not sure how I feel about that. It's it's very expensive. And granted, Miami does have two firsts this year. So 
one of them is number three, which was Houston's pick at first. Yeah, you so. have to give them Houston's pick back, your pick, and probably one more like pretty high second or third round pick, probably a third. Two, two firsts this year, a third next year, and Tua would be my asking price for Watson. And I'd give them a pick back. I'd probably give them like a fourth back as well. I, I guess. I, I guess I would do that. Oh, I absolutely would. Listen, man, Watson, Watson is the primetime commodity. He is the that. best player available this offseason. Free agency doesn't matter. Anything doesn't matter. He is better than anybody available. And he's going to elevate a team to the next level. If that team is good. Like, if the 49ers trade for him, they're going back to the Super Bowl. Um, if the Bears play for if if the Bears pick him up, they're probably going to, you know, they're probably going to make a decent run. Like this team, listen. Whoever gets him is going to be, going to be on the right track. I don't. I mean, the Jets have a ton of work to do, so I don't know if getting Watson will immediately put them in the playoffs, but they won't have I to don't do think much it does. more. They'll, they have, gotta, they, they'll be closer, a lot closer. That's for they'll sure. Have, they'll have to make some moves with what they can do, and obviously, if they trade for Watson, they're losing pick two. Uh, they're going to be. Giving up more picks. I don't know if it'll be this year, next year, the year after that. There's going to be some assortment of picks there. So you're going to have to kind of work with what you got. You're going to probably need to draft another wide receiver or at least sign a decent one in free agency. I know, I believe Kenny Galladay is a free agent, so that's not a bad option. That's a big time free agent. Um. The Jets have a lot of work to do if they're serious about going after Watson. But I'm about to seriously go after another group of people that has nothing to do with football. It's actually yes, a bunch of old this men. Has, this has absolutely nothing to do with football because it's a completely different sport. But we talk about, you know, egregious things happening. Uh, the MLB Writers Association is fucking terrible. I mean, I feel like every time we bring up baseball, uh, either something interesting happens in a trade or something... Uh, something terrible happens. Yeah, something just really dumb happens. This time, it's something really dumb. Um, the Writers Association elected nobody to the Hall of Fame this year. Um, and looking at the ballot... Um, I'm I'm just obviously Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are still there. Um, they only got like sixty something each. I think. And yeah. you have a bunch of people on that ballot, man that that are Hall of Famers. Like, I mean, Kurt Schilling. I think Kurt Schilling was the big one. Um, Kurt Schilling is deciding to take his name off the ballot. I believe. Which is funny because I don't think he can do that. I think he can. I think he can try. He can try, but I don't think they're obligated to take him off the ballot. They can still have him on the ballot. He can say, no, don't put me on there. But I don't think he can do anything about it. Here's the thing about Kurt Schilling. If he kept, if Kurt Schilling kept his mouth shut 
he'd be in the Hall of Fame right now. If he Definitely. wasn't such a fucking asshole, he'd be in the Hall of Fame right now. Uh, actually, Kurt Schilling said that he's going in the Hall of Fame if he makes it uh, as a as a Diamondback, um, which is funny. That's I, I kind of get that. He did win a World Series with him, but like... Really I can't understand... Because like John Henry did treat him like shit, so I yeah, I, I John can Henry treats everybody that like one. shit. True, you're really not special, Kurt. He he's terrible. To everybody. Yeah, get get in fucking li- get in line if you want to talk about people. John Henry has been terrible too. Uh, I think Kurt Schilling was a big one that's left off. I mean, obviously Bonds and Clemens. Um, we're gonna see next year, man. Next year is, is their last years on the ballot. We're gonna see what the MLB really thinks about um about them so i think another take a look one. at the ballot and see uh yes. how you feel about that all right so for starters bobby abreu bobby abreu's not a hall of famer i love bobby abreu he was a good player i don't think he's a hall of famer i agree you know i mean bobby abreu this is his second year on the ballot had a pretty pretty long solid career in the league Hit 400 home runs. Oh, no, wait, that's not true. No, Bobby Abreu hit 288 home runs. You know, 291 hitter, 870 OPS. Solid player. Just don't think he quite makes it to the Hall of Fame there. Those aren't exactly Hall of Famer numbers. Barry Bonds. We'll skip Bonds and Clemens because we, we've we already... we've talked about Bonds. We, and yeah, Clemens. we've we have run those two into the ground. They're Hall of Famers. The writers need to get a grip. All right, Mark Burley. <sighs> Maybe this is a little biased. In my opinion, I don't know. I okay. Realistically, I don't think he is a Hall of Famer. Um. I would like to see him in the Hall of Fame. I I think Mark Burley was he was a very good pitcher. I would like to like I feel the same way about Bobby Brayu. I would love to see Bobby Brayu in the Hall of Fame. I just don't think he is. I kind of feel the same way about Burley. Um, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I think there's a better case for Burley than a Brayu though. I think the big thing that pushes me over the edge for Burley, like why he probably could be in the Hall of Fame, is the perfect game. Yeah, he I think has that's a, perfect a big, game. big part of the resume. He won 200 games in his career. ERA was a little high, but I mean, 200 games is I mean, not very high for Hall of Fame pitcher, to be honest with you. Well, Clemens, I'm pretty. Clemens has the most at 354. Kurt Schilling, he has almost as many wins as Kurt Schilling does, with a slightly higher ERA. I'm. I think Burley might get some consideration later on down the ballot. We might get like a Larry Walker kind of like big campaign yeah. to get the voters to vote for him. Yeah. But maybe. definitely not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Well, yeah, he wasn't. <laughs> well, this was his first year on the ballot, so. Yeah. Uh, AJ Burnett. No, he's not a Hall of Famer. I like, same thing. I like AJ. I just don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I agree. We've talked about Clemens, put him in the hall. <laughs> uh, Michael Kadire, yeah, he didn't get a single vote. Yeah, Michael Kadire, he's and now he's off the ballot forever. So, yeah, he, but I, I don't know about not not getting a single vote. So disrespectful. Um, I mean, Barry Zito only got one vote, which I thought was really weird because, like, 
Barry Zito was a pretty solid pitcher. Barry Zito was good. I I don't know if I put him in the hall, but yeah, but only one vote, really. Yeah, he deserved more than one vote. Um. So we we just went with Michael Kadire, Dan Heron. No, mm, no. Latroy Hawkins. Nah. Nah. You know, I will give Latroy Hawkins credit. He did get two votes. It's, it's more than a good amount of guys in this list. Um, here's an interesting one. Todd Helton. I think he is. I think he is a Hall of Famer. I really do. I think Todd Helton deserves a place in the Hall. Um I don't know if he'll get it. I don't know if he'll get the votes. And obviously he has the cores argument as well, which hurts a lot of people. Almost killed Larry Walker. Um but I think he is. I think Todd Helton is a Hall of Famer. I think I think Helton's gonna get the Larry Walker treatment too. He's gonna be off he's gonna be on the ballot for a while. He's gonna have enough votes to be on it, but I not know, quite enough to get into the hall until later on, like eight, nine, ten. I think I think well, Todd Helton had a much worse Coors argument than Walker. Walker played a lot of games a lot away from Coors. Helton played a lot of fucking games at Coors. I think the Coors argument is fucking stupid, in my opinion. I know it's like technically, yes, they're all technically better hitters, blah, 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 but I think it's dumb. I I, I kind of think the core Coors argument is a little it's it's a boomer thing to do. But a lot of people don't get votes on that. Larry Walker didn't get into year 10 because of that argument. So, is what it is. All right. Tim Hudson. Mm, borderline, I think. I agree. He, I think he is borderline. Um, he did get 21 votes this year, his first year on the ballot, which is not great. But... I mean, as a as a like you know, I believe he was just a relief pitcher. Yeah. So he had a pretty solid career as a reliever. So I think he could in the future. I think out of the guys who were like first year on the ballots that didn't get a lot of votes, I think he's probably got the most solid resume. Except maybe Mark Burley, but beside the point. Yeah, I agree. Tory Hunter. Tory Hunter is a Hall of Famer. He's absolutely a Hall of Famer. I knew he wasn't going to be first ballot, but Tory Hunter is going to have a place in the Hall of Fame. A million percent. Being an absolute crime if he doesn't have a place in the Hall of Fame. I could see it, but I could also see this... Uh... I could see him probably missing out. No, I doubt it. I doubt it. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. It's not going to be like anytime soon. It might be year fucking 10 on the ballot, but he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, he did hit 353 home runs, which is good. His batting stats, good, but I'm not sure if I'm going to call these Hall of Fame numbers per se. I mean, a career of 277 hitter, 793 OPS. Good numbers, sure. But is that really a Hall of Fame career? I think um, he absolutely had a Hall of Fame career, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, there's going to be another center fielder we'll get to soon that I think the same thing for. 
but I think Tory Hunter absolutely is a Hall of Famer. Andrew Jones. And there, that's what I was talking about. Andrew Jones is absolutely a Hall of Famer as well. Um, no question about it. I don't think there's... Yeah, I think there's there's a much better case here than Torrey Hunter. Um, 434 career home runs. Uh, a little less than the batting average. He only hit 254 his career, but he did have an 823 OPS. Andrew Jones hammered the ball. Andrew Jones... I think... And he did get 33% of the votes this year in his fourth season, his fourth year on the ballot. So he's on trajectory. He's probably going to make it. He is. I could see it. Jeff Kent. I think there's an argument. I agree. I mean, he was a solid hitter in his career. Um,. Don't believe he ever won a World Series. I don't think so. But um, he's still, you know, solid player throughout his career. Had a very, very long, very productive career. Where he, um, he might have actually won a World Series. Hang on. Ken Murphy World Series check. Yeah, put Kent Murphy in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he never... Uh... Oh, you know what? He was on the Blue Jays the year they won the 92 World Series. But he got traded for David Cohn that that, uh, that season. Mm. So he didn't actually make it to the World Series, but... Unfortunate. Quite... Uh, next on the ballot, Andy Pettit. I think there's an argument. I mean, Andy Pettit's one of those guys who um, uh, admitted to using PEDs. And really, even with the PEDs, he wasn't like, you know, an amazing pitcher. He was good. But I think there's an argument. I just don't think he makes the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think the steroids kind of put the nail in the coffin there. It's unfortunate because he was a pretty decent pitcher. I'd say he was even a pretty good pitcher too. It's good. It's just, you know, the P, the P. You see what PEDs do did to Bonds, to Clemens, to Sammy Sosa, even Manny now. Even Manny now. I mean, we'll we'll get to the those guys in a bit, but I I don't think Andy's gonna get in just because of that. Uh. Aramis Ramirez. Nah. He's actually off the ballot. Yeah, no, nah, so he's not. He only got only got four votes. Uh Manny Ramirez, I think should I just be. I don't think he should. Uh, here's the thing. I am I'm not very hard on people with PEDs. Um, but Manny Ramirez, I think he's one of the only ones who actually sus- like served PED suspensions, and this was way after the steroid era. Like he was grossly cheating, and I, I just don't think he deserves. I don't think he deserves it. He was a good player. I enjoyed watching him play, but he did cheat a lot in an era where it really, like, he really should not have been. So I personally would leave Manny Ramirez off my off my ballots if I was voting. That's a fair argument, but I I would I'd still put him in right now. I mean. 
he, he's a fantastic hitter. A member, I think he's he's probably going to retire as one of the only members of the 500 home run club to not make it into the Hall of Fame. Although, I mean, there's going to be there's probably going to be more of those guys. I mean, A Rod's probably if if this is how things are going to go. Well, A-Rod's here's the thing. Here's it. the thing. I think their morals change. A Rod was A Rod is a Hall of Famer at two positions. Um. Like A-Rod had a Hall of Fame career at shortstop and third base. It's going to be very difficult to keep A-Rod out of the Hall of Fame. Um, will they? Maybe. But we're, when we get to Sammy Sosa, I want to talk more about this. All right. Well, let's keep it moving then. Um, Scott Rowland. He's a Hall of Famer. Scott Rowland's a Hall of Famer. He should Yeah, be. Scott Rowland's a Hall of Famer. Kurt Schilling, we've talked about him. If he wasn't a dickhead, he'd already yeah, be if, him. Yeah, if but... Kurt Schilling shut his fucking mouth, he would be a Hall of Famer. But he... if he wasn't baseball, if he wasn't baseball Trump, he'd be on, he'd be in the Hall by now. I think the quote. I think a Phillies GM said this: uh, every fifth day, Kurt Schilling is our horse, but every other day, he's a horse's ass. Um, <laughs> I like that. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, I he's just a fucking dickhead. Um, which I I mean. I mean shouldn't i he is a it shouldn't have an impact on his hall well, of fame yeah it, i guess not but like i mean yeah dmlb has no more morals like they've put kkk members in the hall no issue so i mean maybe people like that who act like kurt Schilling don't deserve it but like they've put probably you know worse people in the hall than kurt Schilling. I and mean, kurt Schilling's a fucking asshole he's an awful human being but I mean, that hasn't stopped. No. It's not. It's not the <laughs> Hall of Nice Guys. It clearly. It's, it's not the Nice Guys Hall of Fame. It's it's the MLB Hall of Fame. So I think you really got to look at the MLB Kurt Schilling, not the Twitter Kurt Schilling. And Kurt Schilling is was a Hall of Famer. Um, Easily. And if he stays on the ballot his tenth year, he probably will get in. I I certainly hope so. I'm not gonna say I hope so. I dislike the man, but. His baseball career is undeniably a Hall of Fame career. All right, Gary Sheffield. This so, is another yeah. This is another gray area one because of the PEDs. <sighs> P yeah, I mean I kind of I don't I don't feel as strongly about Gary Sheffield as I do Manny Ramirez in terms of PEDs, but Gary Sheffield is probably not going in the hall because of this. Um should he? I mean probably, but he probably won't, which is a shame. All right, so here's Sammy Sosa. And you well, here's the thing about, about Sammy Sosa, right? The only evidence about Sammy Sosa using PEDs is that report, right? Um, right. But guess who else was on that report? David Ortiz. Barry Bonds. David okay. Ortiz was also on that report. And I bet you anything, next year, David Ortiz is going to get 95% of the vote minimum. Um I mean, I think a big part of that is the icon well, to the sport that David Ortiz Are we going to say Sammy Sosa's not an icon? I think what Sammy Sosa did for Chicago, while massive, just doesn't compare what Sammy well, what okay. David Ortiz did. Yes, maybe Ortiz. not. And maybe, maybe I'm a little okay, biased. Maybe not, but that's the thing. That's not what we're putting people in the Hall of Fame for. I mean, yeah, some people make the Hall of Fame because of that, but Sammy Sosa is a Hall of Famer. Easily, yes. He should be in the Hall of yeah, Famer. Sammy Sosa is a Hall of Famer. And if your evidence 
if you're going to keep Sammy Sosa out based on that report, and I think it's a pretty weak report. They don't say what they even tested positive to. But if you're going to keep Sammy Sosa out, you should be morally obligated to keep Ortiz out. And a lot of people would say, oh, I'm not going to keep Ortiz out. Well, of course you're not going to keep Ortiz out. So don't keep Sammy Sosa out. There's no reason Sammy Sosa should not have a plaque. He is a baseball great. They need to respect him as such. I agree. Sammy Sosa should have been in already. There shouldn't be. There shouldn't even be an argument about this right now because and he's only getting like I don't even think he got over thirty percent of the vote. I think he got like twenty something. He got seventeen wow. percent of the vote. I mean, it's just abysmal. It's abysmal. He's a Hall of Famer, and he and him not having a plaque is going to be a goddamn shame. All right, uh, we can we can skip over these next two guys because Nick Swisher and Shane Victorino Fucking, both listen, did not I, get a single. They vote. were fun to watch, but they're not Hall of Famers. <laughs> I, I mean, come on! I mean, are, are we really gonna put in? Are, are we really gonna discuss Nick Swisher, a two forty nine career hitter? Nick Swisher only hit two hundred forty five no. home runs. Are we gonna talk about Shane Victorino who hit two seventy five and only a hundred and eight? Shane Victorino's Hall of Fame moment is getting beer dumped on him in center field. I would argue the ALCS Grand Slam would be his Hall of Fame moment, but <laughs> Yeah, but he didn't get a single I, vote, I so clearly point. he does not have a Hall of Fame moment. Yeah. Uh Omar Vizquel. I think he's a Hall of Famer. He yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. I think he is. Um He's a bit of a weird Hall of Famer. He's definitely better defensively, and I think his case comes more on the defensive side of the ball, but he played shortstop. Which is unfortunate because it's really hard to quantify a lot of defensive aspects of the game. Well, I mean, he played shortstop at a premier level for a long time, longer than anyone else. I think he deserves a Hall of Fame spot for that. Which is fair. I, I do agree that he should. Um. I just think it's rough to say that he could or couldn't get in because offensively he was all right. But you can clearly see that this guy was a defensive player. Like 270 batting average, that's solid, especially for a defensive player. But offensively, that's not going to get you into the Hall of Fame. No, but his glove should. There isn't really that many good defensive... Sure, it should. But the fact of the matter is... A lot of def- it's hard to quantify defense in baseball, so it's really difficult to go off of that and say that he should have a Hall of Fame career. I do agree, he should be, based off the eye test, that Vizquel should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I think he has, I think he has, I think he should have the hearts of the old school voters and the new school voters, because new school voters, uh, they like the, the, the new metrics, the new defensive metrics, and Vizquel obviously impresses and knows. And old school voters, I mean, they see his gold gloves. He's got a lot of gold gloves. He does have a lot of gold gloves. All right. Billy Wagner. Yes. One million percent is a Hall of Famer. And a lot, I don't think he'll get in because he didn't pitch that many innings. I think he only pitched around 900. But his, in, his 903 innings are better than almost anyone in MLB's history any of their innings. I would put his innings against anybody's. Billy Wagner is one of the greatest closers of our time. He is a Hall of Famer. Like, I would say he's up there with, like, on a skill level, I know longevity-wise, no chance, but on a skill level, he's up there with Mariano Rivera and Todd Hoffman. 
Dude, his two his 2010 season was absolutely absurd. That was his last season in the league. 38 years old. Uh, he had um in 71 games, he recorded 37 saves, which that's not great per se. But 37 saves in your last season in the league in which you had several 40 save seasons. His career high was 44. So he almost hit his career high at age 38, his last season in the league. That's he he could have played another, you know, three, four years if you wanted and got the numbers and being undisputed Hall of Famer, but he didn't. And I think that's okay. I think he is a Hall of Famer based on what we see right now. All right, and last up on the list, we did talk about Barry Zito earlier. I, I think Zito's just one of those guys that he was fun. I enjoyed watching him, but I wouldn't give him a plaque. I don't know. I'm, I would have thought that more guys would have had him on his ballot you know, for the first season. I would have expected him to get more than one vote. Yeah, he deserved more than one vote, but yeah, I... Maybe maybe we're expecting too much out of the baseball writers. Yeah, listen, I just want to end this off by saying this: the baseball writers association is absolutely abysmal. And next year, there's going to be a lot of things that happen. There's going to be a lot of people on the ballot that deserve to be in next year. Uh, a Rod, um, Ortiz. If Schilling stays on the ballot, he'll probably get in. I mean, we could see a huge. I mean, look, if sh- let's say A Rod and Ortiz are first ballot Hall of Famers and they decide to put Clemens, Bonds, and uh, Schilling in, that'd be one of the biggest classes. That's probably the, it's going to be the best. I'd say it's the best. Yeah, class. those five. I mean, those would probably be the only five that would get in, but that's a, that is a, a very good five. five. Clemens and Schilling with Bonds fucking. Ortiz and A-Rod, some of the best bats ever, some of the best pitchers ever. I mean, to, to put no, I think it's such an asshole thing to do to put no one in the Hall of Fame. And they've done it, like, this is not the first time in, like, the last couple of years. Um, I mean, it'd be one thing if there was no one worthy of a Hall of Fame. Plenty. Like, yeah, like, there's plenty here. here that are worth Hall of Fame spots. Exactly. There's no excuse. Fuck people that put in blank if you, Yeah, if you get a ballot and you don't vote for anybody, you are awful. You are an awful person. Yeah, no, for real. Like, like why, what's a, the point? If you're just that, that a an, blank ballot, That is an why honor you... that not many people get and to sit there and look at your ballot and say nobody deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. You're you're an asshole. You're an asshole. I mean, truthfully, and I think there are many people here that you could put in the Hall of Fame with no shadow of a doubt. And most people don't even use their ten votes. Like if I was a if I was a Hall of Fame voter, I'd use ten votes every single ballot. But if that's what you, I wouldn't maybe use ten votes, but I'd at least use seven or eight. I would votes. use as many as I thought were reasonable, unless it was an absolutely atrocious year. Yeah, but... I would use any I thought were reasonable. Well, uh, there's the thing. It's, these guys think it's reasonable to submit a blank ballot. It's egregious. Oh, Barry Bonds might have juiced. He probably juiced, but I mean, Clemens probably juiced, but 
so what? I mean, I, I just think it's a really... The fact that a lot of these guys that are, like, getting blackballed from the hall right now, they didn't serve a suspension for their offenses. I mean, they should have. Their they alleged offenses, I gotta say. But it probably yeah, should have, but... It's just... Or, you know, Kurt because Kurt Schilling's such an asshole on Twitter, we're not going to put him in the Hall of Fame. Like, yeah. Kurt Schilling is a total asshole. But... I, I just don't understand how you can justify... You can use that to justify 30% of the voters leaving him off his ballot. It's, it's just... Ballot. It's, it's, we bitch about it every year. Um... We do. And we're going to bitch about it again next year, and we're going to bitch about it again the year after when none of these guys get into the hall next year despite, you know, a good five or six. I mean, I think we're going to see if Schilling's on the ballot, I want to believe we'll see at least three Hall of Famers in Barry Bonds, Clemens, and Schilling next year. Your optimism in the Baseball Writers Association is admirable. We see this a lot. We see a lot of 10th-year people get a lot of sympathy, like Edgar. I mean, Edgar should have been way earlier in 10th year, but in his 10th year, they're like, all right, Edgar's a Hall of Famer. We saw it with Larry Walker. We see a lot of sympathy in that 10th year. Yeah, I, I get that. And they, it, they should. They should put Schilling in. I'm not confident that he's going to get in. I thought he was going to get in this year. I just get this feeling. I thought he was going to get in this year, too. Like, you know, the numbers, it was pointing towards, like, okay, maybe Schilling will, uh, maybe Schilling, this will be Schilling's year. Because last year, he, last year, Schilling got 70%. So, and that was a jump. That was a 10% jump from last, from the year before. He hit 60 last year. He had 70 this year. It wasn't unreasonable to think that, okay, Schilling will get at least 5% more votes this year. That should be enough. But no, it wasn't enough. He got 1% more votes. I mean, if he stays on the ballot, tenth year, he's gonna get in. I think he'd be the lock. He'd be, he'd be like he. I hope so. If he's on the ballot next year, he is my one lock to get in the Hall of Fame. Um, and him and Ortiz. Um, but I mean, A Rod talent wise is absolutely a Hall of Famer. So we'll see how they treat A Rod, but. We will we will revisit this next year, dude. We should get our own ballots for next year. I mean, we we probably have to start writing about baseball. Also, well, you are a uh, a complete pansy if you don't release your ballot publicly. Oh, facts. That is that is a uh, that that is a factual statement right there. Yeah, you are a pansy. Release the ballots, coward. Still, people would love. I'm sure people would still love to find out who the person who didn't vote for Jeter was. That man, that man has balls. I'll give him all the credit he in does. the world. I mean, the balls, balls aren't as big as you know they could be because he wasn't public about it. But like, you're the one guy who didn't vote Jeter. You got to go public about that. You're gonna get a lot of hate, probably a couple death threats. But like, look, if you're a sports personality, you haven't gotten a death threat before. You're doing something wrong. Hey, man, the greatest compliment to journalism is being killed. I think it depends on who's killing you. <laughs> well, if it's the CIA? If it's the government, yes. Because that means you're doing something right. 
Or something very wrong, actually. Although I guess that's just a matter of perspective at that point. <laughs> oh, that's going to sound fantastic out of context in the best of, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. All right. I think well, we can wrap it up Before here. we get put on watch lists for talking about killing journalists, uh, thank you for listening to episode 129 of I'm Walking Here. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at IWH Podcast. You can follow myself on Twitter at Ian Cusick. That is spelled C-U-S-I-C-K. You can follow Bryce on Twitter. It's B-R-I-Z-Z. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.